I'm Nicole Spezio. Hi, and I'm Jenny Donheiser. And this, and this is how we're getting you brainwashed. I don't know Never why we can't just commit. I'm feeling you want to go so slow. Why can't you just say, and this is how you brainwashed? I'm going off you. Nope. <laughs> I'm going off you, okay. babe. <laughs> okay, one more time. One more time. Okay. And this, this is, and this is this how, how you brainwashed. brainwashed. See? I think there's just a delay. Leave this all in. in remote. I, and I will. And the listeners will absolutely <laughs> love it. Our moms will love it. BTS. My hey, come on. Oh, what you said? <laughs> she said, please take selfie. Want to see your bob. Which oh. indicated to me that she was listening to the podcast. Now, Jenny, not to blast your ass, but I did send you a picture of my haircut for socials. And sort of another week has gone by and no one's seen my haircut. I'm going to post it tomorrow okay. how about that how about that a week late but better late than never anyway how are you how what's going on babe what's up babe, y'all what's going on babe what's up y'all <laughs> call back to our john earlier but um okay guess where i went last night i know you went to a show because you texted me you couldn't meet because you were going to a show i just okay. could never tell you what show it was that's true and i will tell you but that's not what i want to talk about i went to joanne trattoria oh <laughs> went to the germanata family restaurant and what's the review okay that's sort of what i've heard now i'll say there was no one there <laughs> It was very – now, to be fair, it was a Tuesday at 9.30, but we're talking no one. We're talking wow. no one was there. Wow, late. <laughs> You're so not cool anymore. So sad. <laughs> no, we went to go see – my husband, Mike, is obsessed with taking me to see orchestras – playing john williams music and we go literally constantly and that is what we did last night but last night steven spielberg was there which was cool because they were honoring john williams and celebrating him and there was a gala and we of course were too poor to go to the gala but we did go to the show and it was really cool and i was in the same room as steven spielberg and then i said let's keep these good vibes going take me to joanne (laughs) I thought you were going to say, let's keep these good vibes going. What, cast me in your next project. I, I screamed it from the, my balcony seat. I said, the Fablemans was good. Just kidding. It was fine. But uh, You didn't like the Fablemans, I recall. Was, I will say that I'm neutral on the Fablemans. Okay. Ultimately, I'm neutral on the Fablemans. Not not negative. Not ne- positive. Net nooch. Net nooch on the Fablemans. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this must have been a huge night for Mike. Was he freaking out? Was he? I so, mean, he, yeah. he had a great time. He, you know, we saw E.T., They, his fave. They did the, you know, this actually, what they did at this one that they don't do at all of them is that they had a screen behind them where they played some footage of the movies or just like a montage And so I really appreciated that because whenever we go to these things, I'm like, what do I think about in my mind? There's no (laughs) words. What do I, like, where do I go? I have to just sort of intake it all. It's too long. So I was really appreciating the visuals because I'm a visual learner. And actually they did quite a cool thing where they showed a clip from Indiana Jones unscored. And then they showed it scored with the John Williams music. And that was actually quite interesting. And movies are bad without music. Absolutely. Very um, bad. You've done that at the Museum of the Moving Image where you get to put the different music soundtrack to the clip. They should sponsor us the Museum of the Moving Image in Astoria. (laughs) Please Please sponsor ads on this podcast. Yeah, the music, yeah, it really makes or breaks, you know? Yeah, it was a, it was a cool exercise that they, they did that my good friend Steven Spielberg led. Was John Williams there conducting? Yeah, conducting? He, he conducted a couple at the end, but, you know, I think he's a man of a certain age and we love that. And he did conduct some, but the other conductor they had was real 
tar was just giving like his it was a full body olympic sport this conductor and it was actually fantastic to watch yeah if you're a conductor you better be sweating yeah (laughs) what a gig i really see it in your future one day you're gonna get there's gonna be some BravoCon homage to the music like a panel that's like let's deep dive into the music behind mm-hmm. Housewives and they're gonna be like let's get the Housewife Sonata girly <laughs> Andy Cohen's <laughs> like I remember from 15 years ago this Housewife okay. Sonata <laughs> girl <take> <laughs> and we gotta we gotta fly her out and you're gonna full tar at BravoCon Full tar at BravoCon. Put it on my grave. (laughs) Now, BravoCon this year is in Vegas. I feel sad. I know. I feel sad. I mean, we've never gone, but we could. I like to have the option when it's at the Javits Center or wherever it is. One day we will go, but I do understand moving it to Vegas. It's meant for Vegas. Totally. And also, it sounds like if you're not the richest of the rich, like it's a hellscape. I don't want to be standing all day, like begging to see Shannon Bedore. I, it's not, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yes. The Ira Madison boots on the ground episode of bitch sesh, where they talked about being at BravoCon, really made me be like, yeah, I don't ever need to go. <laughs> <laughs> I was just on TikTok right before this recording vertical on my couch, watching TikTok, waiting for my DoorDash, like millennials across the country all are doing at this moment. And I came across Candy Burris. It was a music video from the early 2000s of her doing, when you're out in the club, don't think I'm not, baby, when you're out. I didn't know that was Candy. I guess you I know didn't that was either. Candy? No. That was a bop. That was on a now I had for sure. Wow. Anyway, Good look it up. Candy. Candy with a K. She was, she really was a success. She was really out there. Making making it happen before Housewives, and we love to see it. I had no idea that was her. Anyway, <laughs> I did just want to say about if you're going to go to Joanne, I would recommend going with a big group of friends because they do have a booth underneath a House of Gucci placard that seemed fun to sit under, and they also have little plates on the wall that are decorated like Gaga, and it just seemed kind of fun. I will say that ultimately, uh, I did order their Big Joe's eggplant parmesan. Would love to know is Joe an uncle? Is he a few? Mm. We'll never know. They did two things that I don't like with eggplant parm, which is they use panko breadcrumbs and they left the skin on. And I just want to say, no, take the skin off and use Italian breadcrumbs. So the Germanatas have nothing on the Spezios. Absolutely not. Incredible. Well, I hope to only ever go there with a huge group and sit under that House of Gucci placard. Never saw the movie. <laughs> never never seen it to this day. Wait, we weren't with us? No, and I we couldn't went. go for some reason. And then I remember hearing that Brian like slept throughout the entire thing. And I was like, cool, I'm glad. We I'm all here. took one big nap during House of Gucci. We took a community nap. And that's <laughs> that'll tell you everything. Jenny, babe, what's going on with you? We went to a bachelorette party this weekend with our guest. With our guest. Just a solid women in their mid-30s bachelorette where everyone goes to bed by 11 p.m. and does stretching beforehand. (laughs) We did. We did ultimately do. I have a physical therapy app on my phone. Shout out mid-30s. And um, I had to do my stretches. I had to get my stretches in. And everyone said, we'd like to do some stretches too. So we did do it as a family. Yeah, that was a re- that was a real highlight for me. It was community stretching. It was lovely. Should we bring our guests in so she could, you know, she was there. Yeah, she was there. Let's discuss our mid-30s bachelorette party stretching with our guests. As Nicole um, would say, this is family. This is fucking family. Geminata <laughs> family. <laughs> because thieves. It's a, one of our sisters of our lives, I would say. A lifelong sister. I stole her underwear when we were roommates. Okay. And immediately we're going into it. She's an incredible friend, a beautiful actress, mother, just someone we love so much. And we are so honored and lucky to have her on the pod. Please welcome Kate Manfrey. Wow. (laughs) It's so nice to be here. (laughs) This is amazing. This is thrilling. Every week and every week I sit there and it's like so great. Because I don't live in New York anymore. 
and I get to hear about your haircuts and mm. the fun new restaurants you guys are going to. And I feel like it helps me keep track of the day to day, which is great. That's yeah, basically for you. Yeah. This Thank podcast you you. is for you, our friend that me. doesn't live in New York anymore. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> I am. I am your key audience. You really me are. And me and the moms. Okay, Caitlin. So, oh, I called you Caitlin. Sometimes we call you Kate. Sometimes we call you Caitlin. She does not have a preference is what she said when we were 18 years old. But do you have a preference now? No, I think I've uh, found myself going by Caitlin professionally and then Kate socially. Mm. And uh, it it has confused some people here in Portland, Maine, where I live. Uh, My coworkers heard Mike call me Kate, my husband, Mm. also named Mike. And... uh, (laughs) And they were like, wait, do you want to be called Kate? Have we just been calling you Caitlin this whole time? And it's, it was it was a tense moment, but we're over it now. I think well, we're good. I just said, a... no, we can call me Katie. It's the only thing you're not allowed Oof. to call me. No, you're, you are so not a Katie. And we, and we love all the Katies out there. That's we love the Katies. Just to drag them. Yeah, it's just um, what, what was your highlight of the batch? What did you okay, well, this I, bachelorette party that we went I to? I will. Yeah, it was a lovely bachelorette weekend. Shout out bride, Ariana Schreier. Yeah, shout out bride and birthday girl. What and a great girl. combo. Yes, mm-hmm. double. Just three days of celebration in beautiful Hudson, New York. We stayed at a gorgeous Airbnb in an orchard. Very nice. I will say that I also told everyone about the stretching <laughs> because I think it helped also just frame like you say bachelorette trip you say bachelorette party and everyone yeah. just immediately is like okay like but it's like no 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 that was not it you know we were we went to an antiques warehouse and <laughs> no one bought anything because it was all too expensive for us we we wandered the beautiful streets of hudson new york and we all bought the funniest little trinkets i bought a hair clip that's all i could afford in hudson was this <laughs> nice was this nice new hair clip uh, i yeah, made everybody I- buy flavored juice essentially i don't know is it a mixer it was a syrup it's a syrup i made everybody buy syrups that we can put in our seltzers and i've had a lot of peach (laughs) seltzers in the days since and it's gorge i you know consumables are a great souvenir hundo p because it's like you're not adding more shit to your house it's a fun little taste of a new thing i i feel like you gotta go into a, a home goods or antiques like i have to have a mission yeah i have to be like i'm looking for mugs i'm looking for placemats because if i just go in there you know it's like trying on clothes you got to really be in the mood to buy something or the spirit really has to call you if it's not that's you're on a mission good that's why i like to go in without a care or thought in the world and just Mm. sort of see where the wind takes me because probably what that means is i'm not going to buy anything and i'm just going to have an enjoyable experience of shopping and looking and pointing (laughs) can we please also just quickly just talk about the most horrifying thing that was at the antique store do you guys know what i'm going to talk about the 45k giraffe oh yeah yeah. (laughs) there was several what's that called big game yeah taxidermy taxidermy big game of of real huge animals trigger warning i'm sorry to bring it up but it was so disturbing and i guess that it's like from the past and that's why it's okay and then now we have laws that we don't do that anymore but have you ever seen i've never seen walked into a goddamn warehouse and seen a giraffe yeah it was a standing giraffe it was was a terrifying a hippo there was a hippo Oh, I didn't see a hippo. Yeah, you had to go down a couple aisles. A whole there was hippo? A hippo? Yes. Yeesh. That's yeah. so rough. Well, I mean, what is the Natural Museum of History? You know, that section where you're just sort of oh. looking at... I guess those are real. Yeah. The... Yeah, they're real animals. Huh. <laughs> in the context of a museum, it's okay. But in the context of an antiques warehouse... In Hudson, New York, it's jarring, I would say. You know, things just don't age well. One of those things, taxidermy. Big game hunting. Big game taxidermy fucked up, you know. Also, like, what is that process? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I know that there was some show I was watching, maybe Big Sisters, where there was some taxidermy, taxidermy, not Big Sisters, Bad Bad sisters? Sisters. Yes, Big sisters. The, the, there was a tax. The the his father was a taxidermist. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, so there were some the scenes of it, and I said, "No, get this off my screen." I mean, there is a whole category of foods 
I mean, of there's a whole category of shows that I cannot eat to. Yes. They really and, should label them on Netflix like that. It should be like, can eat during this. A million percent. <laughs> Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, you can eat. You can eat for that. It's very calming. No, you cannot eat during it. <laughs> Yellow jackets, you definitely can't eat during. Yeah, Graham was like, I can't watch. Like, no, we have to wait till after we eat to watch. I don't know. Anything. That I stopped. Has I can't. I got two episodes into season two of Yellow Jackets. After loving the first season, I, I can't. It's too scary now. I'm out. I, 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 saw, Mike, I saw them Mike's eat. Still watching. I'm like, yeah, I saw them eat. And I was like, I spent half that episode looking at my phone just out of like discomfort and fear. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want this is not I'm not watching the show anymore. Mm. but i still read recaps and i still have him actually it's better when i just have him tell me everything that happened on the episode every week i love people that just read recaps instead of watching like susan casey keeps up with all of the housewives by just reading the recaps (laughs) i'm always like did you watch housewives this week and she's like no but i read the recap (laughs) and i'm like what are you doing over there she just wants to know what's going on without having to invest the time well we gotta have her on the pod and get into that because i don't understand (laughs) (laughs) although i think she is watching vpr so we can't get so far into what susan is watching (laughs) i mean we all do but we are we are all watching i i i have converted i'm fully in i'm all in right Yes, Kate never watched Vanderpump until, and you know, Scandal made her a little curious. And we said, come on over, babe. The water is fine. And what are your thoughts as a first as coming in at season 10? Well, I did we go are. back. I did go back and watch particular episodes that Bravo is like suggested because I was like, I can't do all of the seasons. No, no, I, no, I, no. I don't have that kind of time. So over the course of a few days, I did cover my bases. It's a show about men lying, right? You said that, Nicole. I think it is a study in infidelity and how people handle it. It's fascinating. I love it. I do love it. They're all bad, but also I love them. Lala scares the shit out of me. She's so triggering. <laughs> yeah, um, that makes sense. In the end of the last episode last week, where Raquel like apologized to her and she was accepting Raquel's apology, but she was so wound up that she was still yelling at her. Like she was yelling her <laughs> apology acceptance. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. She scares me. They all kind of scare me. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. not Ariana. She seems great. I would feel safe talking to her, but the rest of them I would be very nervous around, I think. Housewives gave me a lot of anxiety. I am somebody who yeah, women fighting was too triggering for me. So I never followed all the friends. I started with a lot of them. And I, you know, those first couple of seasons of Jersey, I think were really important and formative mm. for all of us. Absolutely. Um, yep. Yeah. So I'm glad I was there for that in real time i'm not watching jersey and i keep hearing that the focus on still on melissa and Teresa is aggravating people that we're still here it seems like this season is the breaking point where something must give that that at this point joe and melissa don't go to Teresa's wedding that's where we're headed And there's sort of, especially I feel at Italian culture, there's sort of nowhere to go after that. Like you don't go to the wedding, it's done. So I don't think that both of them will be on next season. I don't know how it's going to play out, but it is clear they are no longer trying to repair and housewives needs you to want to try. If there's a falling out, it's okay, but we try. We always want to get you back together. And if you don't do that, then there's nowhere to go. Yeah. You think it's they're going to get rid of Melissa? They can't get rid of Teresa. I think the only thing that they would do is like maybe spin off Teresa, mm. like a happily ever after love bubble show, but probably they're going to get rid of Melissa. I personally don't need more melissa gorga even though i've literally i feel like name checked her on this podcast a million times but i'm good she comes up a lot i feel she does come up a lot she's a great yeah. obscure housewife dimension <laughs> <laughs> do i need to watch a season maybe i'll watch a wedding episode i, I mean i i'm enjoying the season but you are okay and i'm enjoying every season of everything so it's hard to tell you every enjoy every season sure. even when they're duds here's the thing 
is that when I watch them, I get mad and then I'll go back and I'll be like, this was good. What was I talking about? <laughs> Even right now, I'm rewatching last season of OC, which is like universally hated with Noella and Dr. Jen that I know that means nothing to you, but for the listeners at home and everyone hated it. And you know what? I'm having a fine time. Bad Housewives is still pretty good. You yeah. appreciate the form. Like it, yeah. for you, it is all interesting. It's Yes, exactly. Because if the fights are manufactured, that's still interesting. If people are hiding things from the camera, that's still interesting. Like it, it just is interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'm loving this season of Jersey. It's great. Come on in. Okay. All right. Well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll dabble. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> um, any other highlights from the bachelorette party we want to touch on before maybe we ask our guests the question? Can we talk for a second about the haunted doll? <laughs> None yeah. of us were in that bedroom, but we were staying in this beautiful farmhouse in an orchard. And there was a downstairs bedroom that two of our <laughs> friends were sleeping in. They showed us they opened this closet in their room and there was a spooky faceless doll <laughs> alone. That was the only thing alone. that was in the closet. It's the only thing in the closet. And the closet seemed to have some sort of motion sensor light because when they turned off all the other lights to go to bed in the room, the closet was still lit up, which right. is terrifying. And then to open it and just see a terrifying faceless doll horrible but the other thing also is that there was a huge ladybug infestation in the room i'll tell you fucking what i have never <laughs> been to an airbnb that i would return to there is always a fucking problem and this is yeah. not <laughs> directed at the person who found this airbnb it's not a you problem it's an airbnb problem yeah i guess you're right i mean there's always like some, there's, there's always, always one something. to two things off. We had that one woman who thought because we were actors, we specifically chose her Airbnb because she was a producer and like we were trying to network. We were not trying to network. We did not know she was a producer. It was so <laughs> bizarre. She was very paranoid. That sucked. Also, there were no screens on that Airbnb. So all the bugs got in. No screens, no fans, no air conditioning, all sweating with our blankets, hiding our bodies so the bugs wouldn't bite us. <laughs> I, I, I've never been to a good Airbnb. They all fucking suck. Yeah, I think we as a culture can say, smell you later. I think unless you're really rich. Hotels. Yeah, hotels yeah. are, I mean, I haven't, my last few vacays, I've been a hotel baby. I think if you have a huge group and you all want to hang out like in a central location so you can play board games like we did. You need a house if you want to watch television together, all that. But when you're with your lover or maybe like two couples or something, I can see a hotel being the vibe. But unfortunately, with group, you got to go big. You got to go big house. Unless you're staying somewhere where there's outdoor well, activity. Like Asbury no, Park separately from everybody. Yeah, I don't fucking need to play fucking phase 10 that bad like just go to somebody's <laughs> room we'll play for an hour and then everybody go home to their hotel room it's like college you used to come hang out you live three floors below us sophomore yeah. year you used to hang out in our room until it was time to go to bed and then you would leave and go back to your room yeah i don't need to be all of us shoved in there and then this one's farting and this one's crying <laughs> it's like leave me all alone Airbnb wow sucks. i feel like that was pointed at wow. us yeah it was targeted and I ten listeners farting or crying <laughs> well that's implied <laughs> i think people know i'm a fart i'm a fart well kate got to share a trundle bed with me so she was in the okay. fart unfortunately i slept in the fart i slept so hard i have a one-year-old the fact that i got to sleep uninterrupted it was amazing i mean now not to not to talk shit about my baby she sleeps through the night she's no, great oh nice that's a but huge she, win she gets up really this morning she got up at 5 5 45 yeah and she was just like awake like kind of making sounds and it was like she wasn't crying but so it was like i have to get up right now but i can't sleep anymore the room's right next to mine okay kate on a scale of one to ten would you recommend having a child uh, one being no and 10 being yes. Okay, I would rec yes, 10. I recommend it. 10? If, if, you, if you want it. I mean, like, this is the thing is like, 
I wanted to have a child. My husband wanted to have a child. We collectively wanted this experience. Now, there's a lot that we didn't know. We knew a lot going in. I felt prepared in some ways because I had spent my 20s as a babysitter. So I was like, yeah, I know how to change diapers. Like, whatever, developmental milestones. I get it. Um, No, it's totally different. The amount of decisions I have to make on a daily basis about everything you're thinking for a whole other person. Like eventually she'll be able to make her own. I was thinking about this tonight, actually. Eventually she will be old enough to make some of her own decisions by herself, right? She'll be able to pick out her own clothes and get herself a snack or whatever. Even like, tell me, this is what I want to eat right now. But right now she can't. So I got to make every decision for her. Like, (laughs) what do you want? And she's pretty good at communicating. She doesn't have a ton of language yet. She says the same. She says, baby, bear bubbles she has her b words and she's very into it but it, that just means like i want to play with that like she you know that's it turn on the bubble machine that's it but just making a lot of decisions all the time and that is a thing that i did not really think about until we were at your joint bachelorette weekend in asbury park new jersey in august i think it was my first weekend away ivy was six months old and i stood with ari in front of the ice cream board at the thing. And I just could not, for the life of me, decide what ice cream I wanted. And I realized in that moment, I was just so tired of making decisions. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like I still have time to myself, uh, maybe less so on a day-to-day basis. But I was so ready for this next part of my life to start when I was very pregnant at the end, because I was just like, yeah, okay, but I want to meet the baby. But this whole thing is about to happen. My life is about to change irrevocably. I went fully insane that last month. She was a week late and I was going crazy. I was like doing puzzles, (laughs) just losing my damn mind. But then when that time happens, it's like you get it and it's really exciting and you get to really turn off in a way. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say though, haven't we kind of had Jenny like the same life for the past 10 years? Like how much more, you know, that's why I'm kind of like, it's, I got it. I got what this is where I just go to anywhere I damn well please at any time. Like, I feel like I got, I got it. Yeah. No, I hear you. I guess for me, it's since I famously have anxiety, it's more the inability to really understand or picture what it's going to be. My imagination just goes in a million places of like, oh, cut to me postpartum, unable to wash my hair and crying because I can't watch Vanderpump Rules. I don't know. You know, that's sort of where my brain loves to go and why I'm on Lexapro. Huge shout out. Part of my (laughs) work has been rerouting my brain to be like, hey, uh, yeah, you can have those thoughts or you can go down this route, but it's going to be of no use to you. And you're just going to waste your energy and time doing that. So I'm doing an okay job, I would say, right now of not doing that. But I can foresee when things potentially become more real for me down the line (laughs) that I might return to said patterns. And I'm trying to not. I can offer you a couple things as a person also who has anxiety (laughs) that a something I've said to you before is that like what I think is valuable is that you already know how to get and seek the support that you need when you feel yourself going down these paths. Right. So if you find yourself in a situation postpartum where you can't wash your hair, you're going to know that something's up. And also Mm -hmm. people check in. People ask you that all the time. They're like, are you okay?" You know, there's like a questionnaire you have to fill out at the doctor about your mental health, but we're all, we all love therapy. We're all doing it. You know, you've got people checking in, you've got a support system. That stuff, if it happens, won't go unchecked, unnoticed, unmanaged by you or the people around you. Right. So there's that. And then the other thing is also, you'll have tons of time to watch TV at the beginning because all the baby does is like sleep and eat. So all I did was watch television for like two months. Incredible. She just like, that's what he like, said. She's like, I just watched a bunch of Top Chef. I was like, oh, okay, I had no we, idea I could do that. Together, Mike and I watched almost every season of Top Chef because it was perfect. Mm. And all we wanted to do was snack. So all we did was snack. We had tons of snacks in the house. Remember, you guys came to visit me? She was like, not even two months old. You guys came to visit. And you like Nicole remarked on my parent pantry all of a sudden. We had like the big carton of goldfish. Mm. Like, we just went. You crazy. had Sunday fixings. I yes, think. we had like, full Sunday fixings. Ice cream Sundays. It was house. crazy. I I don't live like that anymore. But at the beginning, 
we did. And it was like, all we did was we just like hung out. You'll have plenty of time to watch Vanderpump Rules. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah, back so on board. <laughs> don't worry. That's there. Actually, yeah. now that I know that it involves snacks and TV, I feel better. <laughs> My other question is like, is there another big thing that's like, I wish they told me this or this was a huge surprise? Well, I mean, okay, here's what I'll say. Breastfeeding was a big surprise. Mm-hmm. I That was harder than I thought. And I struggled a lot with it. And then the more that I talked to other women about it, the more that I learned that that's really common. It felt like it was more common than not to have some challenges with it that either like were just something that happened briefly or something that were like really took, you know, affected the whole process. And I just did not have a plan going in. I just was like, yeah, it'll happen or I'll figure it out. I did not prepare for it to not be the only way I could feed my child. And so I didn't have a game plan about like, well, what kind of formula? If I have to supplement, what kind of formula will I use? And when I had to make that decision, it was like I I had a week old baby who was hungry and I was like hormonal and exhausted. And, you know, everybody's looking to me like, okay, it should be a decision you feel good about. So like you make a birth plan and put that in quotation marks because they tell you to just prepare to throw it out. Like prepare to like, you know, whatever, anything happens, but sure, like think through all the things. If you can have your way, like here's how you want it to go. Here's the decisions you will make at each step of the way because there's like, specific things that happen during that childbirth that, you know, you can try to prepare for. And then I wish I'd had one for after. I wish somebody had told me to make a plan for bre- breastfeeding and here's how you're going to try to do it. And here's what's going to happen if it doesn't work. And here's the brand of formula you're going to want to use because I just like made a game time decision. But the more I talk to people, the more I realize that it's very common to struggle with breastfeeding and people look to you as the mother to say, like, you should feel good about the decision you're making. So, like, you know, I just wish I thought about it when I had my wits about me and I wasn't staring at my poor, tired, hungry baby. Yeah. Just being like, feed her. Uh, she's fine. She is totally fine. Yeah, you just really? have to become an expert on all these things that you don't know anything about. Right. It's- and. It's crazy. And there is a like, I have an amazing husband who's been an amazing partner, an amazing father since like moment one. So I have no notes for him in that regard. But there is a sense of you will, you're the just the default parent because right. you're the one who feeds the baby and you're the one like the baby is bonded to you in this like really specific way. So like there's comfort, there's all this stuff there that's just like, everybody just looks at you and it's tell me what you want me to do. Like, how does the baby work? Like, what are you doing? And it's just like, I, I can't make all the decisions for everybody was how I felt. I know that there's lots of people who prefer to have, you know, say like, this is how I'm going to do it. And I would like everybody to follow my, my way of doing it. And I just like, I just didn't have a bandwidth for it. So, um, yeah, I just, it's a lot. It's a lot to think about all the time. I am. I also have a full-time job. I am like mentally exhausted in a way that I mm-hmm. never really anticipated. It's a whole new world. Um, it's also really fun and great. And you know, eventually she's going to get bigger and I'm going to hang out with her. Last summer, I watched my friend Emma uh, take her three kids. She was like, we went to the beach and then she was like, "Uh, yeah, I got to go. I'm taking the kids to Trader Joe's today. We're going to pick out a bunch of snacks. And I was like, that sounds so fun. And then I watched them all pile into her mission. (laughs) And her kids are all like in school. They're like in elementary school. So they like hang and they all just went to Trader Joe's and went ham on the snacks together as a group. And I was like, that's so fun. One day I'll it's get to a great that. phase to get to. Right? <laughs> Trader Joe's snacks phase. Right? I think about that a lot. I'm like, one day we'll be there, you know? It'd be great. Wow, it sounds like mom, being mom includes a lot of snacks and that I like. <laughs> well, shall we transition to the meat and potatoes of this podcast? Wow. Which, okay. Uh, is a question, a question we call... <laughs> Or it's just a literal question. And the question is, Kate Lynn Manfrey. Kate Manfrey, how were you brainwashed? And that can be by society, by your upbringing, by media. What did you think was true that you now know is complete bullshit? I think about this a lot, but this has been my answer. I think since you guys started this podcast, I had that first moment with myself like, what my... Um, it was the the Britney Spears virginity debate. Oh, oh my God. It was that. I went back the other day in preparation for doing this and watched yeah. 
half of the Diane Sawyer interview. No, it's so upsetting. It's so it is. Upsetting. I mean, and and listen, we all watch Framing Britney. Like, I'm aware of the current. Like, we all are as a culture, like understanding kind of a lot of the ways in which everything went wrong. But oh boy, was that did that have an impact on me as a young person? 100%. I mean, that that interview happened in 2003. We were like in what ninth grade. Like we were so young when this was happening. Did it brainwash you to make you think that you too wanted to be a virgin? Yeah, you should be virgin? No, no. This was it. This was what it was. We were watching her come up and it was fun. And all the media circus was like, the parents hate this. But the children, look at all these little girls that are idolizing Britney Spears. They're all trying to be like her. She's so sexy. But then also everyone was obsessed with her sex life. And so it was this very confusing thing that I internalized as a young person that was like, I think it was twofold. It was like that thing of like, be sexy, but don't have sex. Like that's mm-hmm. the goal. And, and that was like, that was the message I got from all of that mm-hmm. was like, be sexy. But if you have sex, then everybody will get mad at you. So you can't do that. And then also there was this, just this feeling that like, as a young woman, your sex life, your choices about your sexuality were public. Yeah, uh, they do not belong comment. to you. Yeah. They do not belong to you. They belong to the people around you. And that was also impacted by the way my peers were talking about everybody's mm-hmm. behavior in middle school and high school and who's a slut. I mean, it was that it was like this like, calling everybody sluts and whores before Tina Fey put that. Thank God that line in Mean Girls. If you call each other sluts and whores, it just makes it easier for everybody else to call you sluts and whores. Like, don't don't do that. <laughs> So anyway, let's talk about it. Oh my God. Incredible answer. I can't believe we made it out the other side. I, <laughs> I mean, have we? I mean, have we? I guess I'm just us of. three. Like, yeah. oh, we're all fucking, it's yeah. this little focus group. Okay, we're not virgins anymore. <laughs> we, did okay. we like it. It's so scary. Yeah. Did you watch? I talked about this at The Bachelorette. Sorry to bring it up to you guys again, but Pretty Baby, the Brooke Shields documentary. I, I want to though. Really deep dives into this because she's a primary example of someone who was over-sexualized so young. And then she wrote a book. She had a book deal in her early 20s and she mentioned being a virgin in the book as like just a tiny paragraph like she's waiting for love or something like that. And it became like the headline of punchline of so many things because it's just such a weird thing that we do to women where we over-sexualize them, over-sexualize them, and then require this chastity. And it's so bizarre. And I think she was just so taken aback that everybody was so invested in her life like that, in her sexuality. Because as young women, you don't have the opportunity to figure out who you are as a sexual being because everyone is doing it for you before you even understand what that means. So then it's like weird and performative because you think that's what you're supposed to do, but it never is coming from inside the house. It's always coming from outside the house. I was probably like well into my twenties before I felt like I had a level, like actual clear understanding and ownership over my own sexuality and I was having sex I didn't have sex in high school I didn't have sex till college but I was in high school there was just this constant barrage of everybody's talking about who was a slut and who was acting slutty and if some guy liked you or thought you were cute everyone was like oh you're being slutty that he only likes you because you were being slutty and it was mm-hmm. like what does that even mean I was mm-hmm. I was having a you know I, I don't know I didn't know I was so confused and when I think about It was also the like internet, you know, the birth of the internet. It was just a media culture that we were, I feel like that was what we had. Like we didn't have, there was no nuance. It was just like, what's the narrative that is being fed to us? I was watching TRL every day in middle school. So it was like, what is the, what am I, what am I getting from? It was just this thing of like, you want, you want to be sexy. Like that's the goal. Speaking to what you talked about in the very first episode, Nicole, like they have to want to have sex with you. Right. That's the ultimate. Yeah. Got to do that. But then don't actually do it. Yeah. You must be Madonna and whore at the same time. You must. Yeah. That was what I think we were seeing when we were like 12 years old. You should go back and watch. Really, the Diane Sawyer interview is amazing because of what she is. She really stands up for herself in a lot of places. And Mm -hmm. 
the look on her face every time Diane Sawyer is like mean to her or like second guesses her answer, whatever, is just like, she just looks at her like, how do you not get She makes a comment about Touch of My Hand, that song mm-hmm. where, that yeah. is about masturbation. Masturbation. Right? And she's like, yeah, and it's about you with yourself and that being sacred. And Diane Sawyer's like, what do you mean sacred? But then Brittany's looking at her like, what? You don't know? And it's almost like feeling sorry for her in that moment i think it's a fascinating study it's also the camera is like here (laughs) you just are getting her face like but she was able to own her sexuality until everybody broke her like she was able to do that in a way i thought that that was probably like so ahead of her time she madonna was her Hmm. like her idol was her blueprint right and i just remember years ago saying could you imagine if there was public conversation about if taylor swift was a virgin like the beginning of her career like i know everybody's obsessed with her boyfriends but specifically like whether or not she'd had sex it really was such a interesting moment in time same thing was happening with jessica simpson and all those women in that field and all the little disney stars and things it was like no, we too had Jonas Brothers, though. And that was around Purity then. rings. That was so different because nobody was, like, policing them about it. That was their narrative. And they were like, yeah, that's what we're going to do and say. Right. Which yeah, was fed to them by someone. Absolutely. Well, and their parents, what, I'm sure. What's so surprising, I mean, what stood out to me in the Brooke Shields documentary, I think probably applies to Brittany, is her really talking about being directed by men in these films that she was in. She was having sex in these movies and had never had sex herself. And they were trying to direct her to be like, this is essentially what it's like. There was one director who she was supposed to be orgasming in a scene and he kept pinching and twisting her toes to make her face like have a moment of like, "Ah," you know, like, my God, because, yeah, she didn't understand. She was a kid. What she was doing (laughs) should not have been legal. I mean, it was really the Wild West out there. There was no intimacy coordinators. There was none. There was like nobody in her. She had like a famous momager, stage mom, Mama Rose person. Didn't give a fuck what was, you know. And Brittany, obviously somebody was going in there being like, wear these teeny tiny outfits. Here's your choreography. Here's how you're being marketed. Here's how you sell yourself. And she didn't have probably a base understanding of like, she was like, yes, okay, got it. I can dance. I can do this. I can. I look this way. But she herself didn't understand what being a sexual being was yet. And I think that's where it's like so and complicated just and so bizarre. mad at her about it. They were just mm-hmm. so mean to her. It was such a weird time to be 12, you know? Like, I mean, that- like all the late night monologues between her and Monica Lewinsky. Like, you know, like we'll yeah. get to that on another hour you brainwash. But it's just the way that these men would make these women's sexuality public gladiator fodder mm, disgusting. I, I remember when we started to have phones and email as children and i don't know if this happened at your high school i feel like probably at everyone's high school someone took a nude picture of themselves or something like that sent it to a boy and then that got shared like to all the boys in the school blah 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 and then ended up in the hands of a teacher that happened at my school with multiple girls I think, in, the, in a like, teacher's hands Maybe the teacher not seeing it, but getting back to the teacher somehow right, like getting this in was trouble circulating. Yeah. You know, and everybody, I remember this one girl specifically near below me had this happen to her and the judgment was fully on her. Yeah, of course. Across the school Absolutely. of like this girl, how dare, like, I can't believe she sent nude photos. She's like, stupid. So disgusting. Yeah. How stupid. And I'm just like, well, we're just trying to do what we think you want. She probably hadn't had sex yet. You know, like she was just like, you are telling me this is what you like. This is what I'm perceiving in culture is what you want to see. And then the second you give it to him, you get blasted. And it gets, yeah. It was not a great time i don't think until college did i really understand slut shaming and all of that until it was happening to me (laughs) and i was like huh i seem to be being slut shamed i mean it was coming from the men more than the women of the people that we know like in my brain it was like i sleep with you i kiss you i give you blowjob because in my brain what i'm supposed to do to get you to like me and then you will respect and approve of me and treat me nicely 
And that's how I validate myself because if I feel like you want me sexually, then I can feel validated about how I look, whatever. And then they're like, nah, never mind. Actually, you slut. Bye. You slut. Bye. Then your self-esteem crashes and you start drinking. (laughs) Okay. And that's what happened to Brittany, no? Validation started to slip in certain areas and she resorted. I mean, it was coming. Herself feel better in other ways and then. It's the most magnified version of what you're talking about. It was like, there's no way anybody could come out of that unharmed. And she had nothing behind her. She was earnestly trying to figure her own shit out while having no space, no support to do that. It was clear, like, that the Justin Timberlake relationship was so toxic at the end. She's very honest with Diane Sawyer in that interview where she's like, I thought I was going to be with him forever. I just, I that's what I thought. I really felt for her. I would recommend going back and watching a little bit of it. It's, this really makes me sad. But also was interesting to reflect on of like, what did I see mm-hmm. in this? Yeah. Yeah, the duality piece is, I think, something that I didn't get into later. Like the virgin, but you still have to be sexy at the yeah. same time yeah that's so impossible true. it's impossible it, right there is no way to do it right yeah, because you you're not win. doing it for you you're doing it because you think it's what you're supposed to do both you know unless you are doing it for you but she was not doing it for her right no someone said this and i repeat it all the time but the blood is on our hands <laughs> she died for our sins i said it nicole said it <laughs> nicole nicole said all it. the time yeah and that's why we must honor and respect her and let her live her life however she wants to live it now because we killed her. Brittany alone. We love you, Brittany. Okay, what what a good answer. That really was such a good answer. Incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it was a hard road to be a young woman in the early aughts. Ooh, 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 ooh. Late 90s. We didn't have a lot to go on. I keep thinking about Billie Eilish, like really turning that on its head in the way that she was like i will not be sexualized Mm -hmm. which i do think is iconic and i'm wondering with the other little gals that were post britney did we do that same thing were people on ariana i feel like demi lovato miley cyrus they all did the thing of we treated them like little disney stars and then they were like now I got to break free and they hit their rebellion stage. But I don't remember if we were doing the same sort of like, are you virgin? Do you oh, have a boyfriend? Do you do fuck? This is what I was going to say. This is what I think. So this is my grand theory that is built on my grand theory from when, when I used to babysit and watch Hannah Montana and all these shows like all day with these kids in my 20s. I think tween culture was a reaction to the pop star moment that happened with Britney and all the blondes because... What was happening was at that time, there was nothing in between. It was like baby stuff. And then the stuff that was also being marketed to teens and adults like Britney. Right. Right. And, and eight, nine, 10 year olds were like, I want to be like Britney Spears. I want to learn those dances. I want to dress like that. I want to do all that. And that scared everybody. And so I think some executive was like, well, let's create content for them, for that, for tweens. The, the word tween didn't right. exist when we were tweens. Right. So all of a sudden. In the mid-aughts, you start to see the Disney Channel became what it, all those shows started popping up, Mm. all these new stars. There was a ceiling on the Disney Channel where the kids, they would have crushes, they would have boyfriends, but they wouldn't show you a kiss. They would go to kiss and then it would cut away and then you would see them break away from the kid. It was age appropriate. (laughs) It was age appropriate. And this is where we got the Jonas Brothers. This is, I mean, Taylor Swift was not a Disney star, but she was coming up at that same time. And here she was creating music that was for teenagers, for young kids that like nobody was mad about. And so mm-hmm. this Whoa. like this boom of tween culture that came, I think, was a response to the panic and the chaos of like our tween time. That all of a sudden it was like they were like, oh, there's an untapped market here. These kids are spending money on CDs. They're spending money on posters and t-shirts and shit they have disposable income that they don't need to then spend on like necessities so they will buy shit they will go to concerts they'll do all of that as long as we can make it something that their parents aren't mad about and then they built an entire industry on it bitch you are a sociologist thank you this I, is I, genius i sat there watching wizards of Waverly. it's 
over and over again in like 2012, just being like, this didn't exist. I mean, we had like Lizzie McGuire and stuff. We had that, but it was like, we didn't have a lot of it. And it wasn't on the scale that these girls all ended up becoming. No, I was watching Clueless in third grade being like, that's for me. That's right. I don't (laughs) understand most of these jokes, but this is for me. But that's so interesting that all those, not all of them, but a lot of those stars would eventually be like, I don't want to be Disney anymore. Right. I want to be adult woman, sexual woman. So they almost have the reverse experience of Brittany showing up in, you know, her mini skirt at 15 for Baby One More Time video, whereas Miley was making wholesome ass content until she was of age. And then she was like, get me, you know. Yeah, because they also kept them in little girl mode longer than. Yes, yes. Yes. That's I that let duality exists for women. Yeah, I would watch the the girls I babysat because the younger one who she was a lot younger. She was into the shows the whole time. The older one who was five years older than her. So like she started to age out pretty quickly. She started to get bored. She didn't want to watch Hannah Montana anymore. As soon as she was like 11, she was like over it and wanted to move on. But like those crucial years of when she was like eight to 11 or eight to 12, that was what they got. That was the content that was handed to them that everybody could feel good about and nobody could get scared. And then by the time they were teenagers, you're off on your own, but like nobody's going to control you at that point. You're going to find stuff. But the the tween culture, the fact that it didn't exist, and then all of a sudden it just did, that word didn't exist. That's so smart. I'd love to go to your NYU class about tween culture. I go to Nicole's Listen. class about housewives, <laughs> your class about tween culture. Yeah, what, did, what is your ass teaching? I don't know. Okay, so. uh, Jenny's going to do a, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer semester long. You're going to... the Take us through the whole thing. With an Evan yeah, Ross Katz masterclass. I could do a WB yeah. series. <laughs> Content from the WB in the early aughts. Somebody I've been following on TikTok keeps posting Seventh Heaven clips. And yeah. like the content oh from Seventh Heaven is psychotic. <laughs> Seventh Heaven clips are really in my algorithm too right now. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's a show I never think. I watched it for a little bit. I remember when Jessica Biel's character got in trouble for vandalizing the school. Yeah, that's pretty much all it all it is. It's just one giant after school special. But like, it's so cringe. Every clip is horribly cringe. You know, just things that just the whitest, whitest bread show of all time. These beautiful children experiencing every teen issues that could occur in horribly written episodes we will cut this out but there is a lesson that i learned from seventh heaven that i keep to this day which is lucy daughter lucy kept being late for her classes and her teacher said hey if you walk in a diagonal instead of walking straight and then making a right angle and turning you'll get there faster and so i'm always walking in diagonals getting places fast what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i in a, a million years could have never expected you to say that we are absolutely keeping that in if i don't go all the way to the corner and then go all the way to the, to the next corner if i just go diagonal walk across the street i'm there baby i'm saving myself 20 seconds at least i'm keeping this in and it's gonna Ugh. be the clip on social <laughs> i mean it's great that's the weirdest thing i've ever heard I think about it literally all the time and all, all whatever. Okay. Yeah. I think about it a lot. <laughs> Walking diagonally a lot. <laughs> all right. Should we play fucking casting? Yeah. Let's play casting. Yeah. I want to play casting with my sister, Caitlin, who we've played casting with for millions of years. I remember all sitting around one time in Astoria Park and we cast ourselves as lunch meats. Jelly. <laughs> Jelly. Wow. Wait, do you remember? No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> just scraping the bottom of the barrel. We were just sitting around. We like didn't want to stop hanging out. So everybody just kept coming up with like, prompts. Who is testing. Ham? Yeah. We need to know before we can go home. I feel like I'm Ham. You're Ham. I, I feel confident to oh, be Ham. Oh, thanks. I'm Nicole. Oh, I was, that's what I was going to say. All right. Well, <laughs> well, nailed that. Okay. So. <laughs> 
In case you're what wondering is- what casting is, it's that. That's <laughs> what we just did. Do you have something, Kate, that you want to do? Or should we figure one out as a community? Well, I thought in honor of my brainwash, we should cast ourselves as the blondes. The mm. pop stars, the pop Incredible. stars of, the, and it doesn't have to, I guess, necessarily be the four blondes, but the pop stars of the early aughts. I love this. Okay. And Incredible. Jenny, can you just explain what casting is? Yeah. If you are new to this podcast, if you are best friends to Caitlin Manfred and you're just popping in to see what she has to say, casting hey, is a game. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey, Peterborough. Casting is a game where we pick a category like deli meats and we cast ourselves within that category. And it's dependent on essence. It's, you know, what's your vibe? What's your energy? Kate Manfrey has turkey energy. I will not be taking questions at this time. (laughs) I am salami. Again, it's clear. Jenny is ham. If you don't get it, you don't get it. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So let's do... 2000s pop divas the crew of blondes i locked in who begins nicole you go first okay i cast my sister jenny as britney spears there's just a southern sort of like fucking loud barefoot in a gas station just like kind of rough around the edges but like undeniably popular um <laughs> full of talent full yeah. of talent yeah i mean i could sew that clip of her when she's a little girl on star search i see jenny in that clip that is <laughs> yes uh, uh. that so jenny is Brittany. i do feel that my good friend kate is mandy moore she is an incredible actress too honey okay not just singing there's just something pure sweet like no i'm not getting in the mess and the fray i am classic beauty mandy moore who will ultimately become the mom on this is us and i feel i am christina just you know powerful but not always making the right decisions sort of it's not always (laughs) landing but it's always loud yeah, I just could see me on the voice. I just think that Christina. I have the same. I have the same so, casting. So, so did I. So did I. Exact same. <laughs> exact same casting. I mean, it's clear when it's clear. Does anybody yeah. want to sort of fill in any gaps here that we didn't mention? It all feels right. I thought of Mandy Moore's early film roles in Prince's Diaries and Saved, which was like one of my favorite movies in yes. high school. Mm. And I was like, I would a walk to remember. I mean, Kate, you would kill in a walk to remember. You would kill that part. Thank you so much. Jenny, I think Brittany's work ethic, right? Like Brittany in her day, she worked and she enjoyed her work. Mm -hmm. I will say in the early days when you see her taking ownership again, watch framing Brittany. There's this whole section where they're like, yeah, she loved what she did. She was like giving everybody choreography notes. She's always dancing as hard as everybody else. She's going for it. I love that. And Nicole, I just feel like the talk about a duality, but also just like, no, I'm going to go all the way over here now. This is just who I am. Like, stripped. It's you. (laughs) Yeah, if anyone's going to be in a movie with Cher and Stan. If anyone's going to be (laughs) burlesque. I mean. (laughs) It's Nicole. Anyone's going to be a guest on Drag Race. It's cool. Me, Cher, and Stanley Tucci to play my parents in a movie, though. Oh, my God. Someone write that movie. Writers, come come through and write that movie. Also, you can riff the best out of Mm. everybody. That's that's a skill. That's huge. That's huge for me. I can only riff down. One day, I hope to learn how to riff up. But so far, I can only only riff down. Title of your memoir. <laughs> you can only riff down. <laughs> One day, I hope to learn to riff up <laughs> by Nicole Michelle Espizio. Yeah, sorry, there's no Jessicas up in this house. Some Another- of our other friends are Jessicas. You know who you are. I won't say it, but no Jessicas on this Zoom. Not today. Well, yes, that's it. Sad. I know we've been doing this for a hundred hours, but it does feel sad to let it go. Kate, where can the people find you if they want to find you? You guys will tag me on Instagram. So true, we will. Yeah. 
We will absolutely will. Um, this has been a joy. This has been a true pleasure. I love you both so much. Uh, there's no better way to spend a night than to just hang out with my two best friends. I love you guys. We, we love, love you. you. Thank you for being on the pod, Gabe Manfrey. Bye. Bye. Bye.